and welcome to the Living Life Differently podcast. We are the Mahojos. I'm Amy. And I'm Ali. And we live in a static caravan on a farm in South Wales with our son Ollie and our dog Dizzy. We're currently on a year off together and we're actually on our European camper van adventure. About a couple of weeks ago, I think it was the 5th of July, we left home in Wales in our camper van to head all the way down to Portugal to catch up with my sister Ellie so that Ollie could finally meet with his auntie for the first time. There's been tears of laughter and a lot of emotion. It's been really, really good. So we're recording this episode slightly differently. We haven't got a guest for you today, but what we're going to do is have a bit of a season one roundup. Um, as we're sat here outside Ellie's house on the yard with the paddling pool in front of us, the camper van in front of us, and we're taking this time out while Ollie's asleep just to have a bit of a run through and to reminisce a little bit about the podcast so far and how it's all been going. Just thought we'd kind of have a bit of a discussion with you and talk through our reasoning behind falling into doing the podcast. Um, being at home with the pandemic with Ollie. Um, not being able to see friends, family, or go on the incredible adventure that we'd planned. We kind of fell into the idea of trying to find the best out of other people's lives so that we could live through their eyes and kind of prepare ourselves for our incredible adventure. We've met some incredible, incredible people. And we've kind of noticed there's a few themes running through a lot of the guests that we've had on the show. So we just thought we'd give you a little bit of a roundup and discuss those with you. Yeah, so like Amy said, we did become accidental podcasters and, and we did think it would be a good idea to be chatting to women about their own experiences of living life differently. And we thought, well, what better place to start than with my sister Ellie? Um, she featured in episode one and in episode three because she'd not only you know packed up her life and moved to France after some financial difficulties, a financial crash, lost a job, went into debt etc etc she literally just pretty much stuck a pin in a map and went off to France with her cat and in an old builder's van and set up a new life so that was a really inspirational story and it was brilliant to reminisce with her about that to share the story again and and like remember stuff that had happened and so that kicked it off really didn't it that first episode I think even though obviously she's your sister so you but knowing her for the length of time that I have and even knowing the story just kind of talking to her and getting her to kind of almost reminisce about the emotion that she felt the desire to just do it get away you and the breaking down before she'd even left RCT <laughs> yeah you know, it's all the simple things but yet they kind of make an adventure yeah so her story really inspired us then to take this a bit further in in terms of turning it into a podcast um we we recorded her on on video didn't we at first and put it on youtube and then it was obvious that maybe we could do this and record more audio stories of women so then it was like okay well who else do we know who else has got really cool life you know to lead so we start with people that we knew and then helen dainty um she's awesome <laughs> who we'd hosted uh as she was doing a, a cycle tour of britain although she'd already cycle toured like you know, half the world by then, including Australia. She came and stayed with us for a night as she was on the on the way down to West Wales and further beyond, just before the beast from the east, a massive snowstorm um, was coming in. And although we only spent a few hours with her that evening before she set off again the next day, she was so inspirational, wasn't she? Yeah, and I think she had a plan, was willing to 
deviate from that plan if need be. But her plan was just to get her pedals moving mm. and see, explore, kind of just live the dream. Yeah, really, I, I love Helen's story and I love following her on her uh, YouTube channel now and obviously on Facebook. Yeah, she is one awesome lady. Yeah, so she was our episode two and um, the, the kind of twist that I really liked about Helen's story was the fact that she's living on a budget of £56 a week, which is equivalent, it was 100 Australian dollars she's living off. And if you listen to episode two, you'll you'll understand where that money is coming from and why it's only that much per month. She's on a really tight budget. She does have a bit of a buffer for emergency funds and stuff, but that I think makes you think about the way you're living financially and how little you can survive on. Obviously, she's in, on a bicycle and has a tent and, and whatever, so it's a bit different to living in bricks and mortar and stuff. But I think that really started me questioning, gosh, how, how little can you have in your pocket to go and travel the world? We tried that out at the moment. <laughs> Does that mean we have to stop drinking coffee? And... Well, you can't buy any more drinks now, that's it. No more drinks. So yeah, we started with Ellie and Helen, people that we knew, and then Ellie came back to us again. So yeah, our third episode was Ellie um, with her trip moving to Portugal, up sticking again from where she'd settled in France, in the Alps, um, and moving off into the wilderness <laughs> in sunny Portugal <laughs> and that's where we are right now so again you know she she hadn't come to Portugal before she, she'd never visited the country she didn't know the language she'd um, done a bit of research about climate and about tax breaks for um, you know the kind of digital nomad, nomad sector and stuff because by then she was um, freelancing for a company in the United States and, and able to work from home. So she was like, well, I can work from anywhere now. Where shall I go? So she was like a, a kind of another bonus, you know, second episode with Ellie on episode three, you know, about her life. Um, again, a really, and although we know her really well and we know the reasons why she's here, to delve into it a bit more, um, to understand the decision making behind what she did, you know, having the courage and the bravery, I guess, to come to a country she'd never been before, you know, to start all over again in a brand new place. She got the security of the job and, and the income, but nothing else. I think she had, she had Treacle. Treacle the cat. He was the most amazing companion. She had her car, so she had a means of transport to get around, to go exploring, to see all these new and wonderful places that were about to come, become her home. And again, she had a bike. And I think that's that sporting element gives her the opportunity to meet other people, to go off to the bike park or just head out with some mates. Um, she said she's got a local friend here now who's got a road bike who keeps leaving mm -hmm. her behind. <laughs> yeah, so I can see Ellie on a road bike before not too long. So yeah, it's those kind of elements that bring bring you into a community I think that yeah. have have the opportunity to go and explore or meet people in your own backyard yeah and it's been really good to actually be here again we had a short visit in January 2020 before the pandemic hit um it was winter then so it's a really different experience wasn't it it was really chilly and we had the fire on all the time whereas this time round the sun's been out it's been gorgeous we've been in shorts and t-shirt the whole time and 
she's been able to explore more because restrictions have been lifted and we're able to see what it is she loves about this place now. You know, it feels really comfortable to be here. She's working inside at the moment and then on break she comes outside and, you know, it's, it's a completely different lifestyle to Chamonix and also obviously a completely different lifestyle to the UK. So yeah, kudos to Ellie, episode three, another fantastic one. Sarah Williams was our fourth guest on the podcast. Sarah is mental. (laughs) Oh, in the nicest possible way. She has so much energy. She, you can't help but smile when you speak to her. She just has one of those personalities that kind of oozes fun and adventure, obviously. So yeah, she was absolutely sensational. I know she's a really good friend of yours as well. So it was kind of really nice to hear you guys chat away and have that kind of almost uh, in front of the telly kind of conversation, just really laid back, really relaxed and just chatting about your experiences. Yeah, Sarah is so easy to talk to. And like you say, like she exudes energy and enthusiasm and and always has since the first time we met her, you know, back at one of the Women's um, Adventure Expo conferences in Bristol. And since then, obviously, we've kept in touch through her own podcast the tough girl podcast and that's what her episode was about you know sarah has always talked about how she left a really high flying job in the city of london she was earning really decent money she was on the outside had a really fantastic life but then got to the point almost where she just questioned like what am i doing and is this what i want for the rest of my life and you know had this bit of an epiphany quit her job you know without the idea of potentially going back went traveling and whilst traveling really asked herself the question what do I want out of life did it through journaling and just trying to find a way to to create something new something different and founded the tough girl podcast from scratch which has had millions of downloads um it now funds a different lifestyle for her you know it, there's she's not earning anywhere near the money she was earning working in the city But, you know, she talks about having a more fulfilled life, you know, following her passion about sharing stories of um, women's voices in adventure. I think that giving up your almost independence to move back in with your parents is a huge thing. Um, It's kind of similar to where we've gone. Hmm. Almost. Almost, but not quite. We're at the end of the garden, so (laughs) we're not quite living with my mum, but not far. But yeah, it's just having that finance, financial security to not be concerned about what you do with your life. Mm. I think that's where I would like to be. Just that kind of, I'm a re- bit of a, um, I'm a believer in that we'll never be homeless and we'll never starve. So I'm quite happy to sort of jump and try new things and give it a go because at the end of the day, we'll always, we'll always be okay. Yeah, and I think, you know, moving back to live with your parents, it it can be a big decision and and possibly in society is seen as a bit of a step back, but actually it's been a launch pad for her to be able to have the freedom to do other things, you know, with setting up the podcast from scratch and with, you know, being able to live more frugally, you know, with less outgoings, etc. And then that kind of leads on to the next episode, episode five with Zoe Langley-Wathen, who um, quit her career in teaching after I think it was about 13 years. Um, 
her and her husband, I believe, sold their house as well and then moved on to her husband's canal boat in Monmouthshire in Wales. And, you know, these stories of the kind of alternative ways of living, you know, n- not necessarily about alternative lifestyle, well, that is part of it, but alternative ways of living as well is another theme that's come out, isn't it? So living on a canal boat is really interesting to hear Zoe's story. There seems to be one of the key things that I've picked up from these podcasts is financial security or I don't know if financial security would be the right way to describe it. Freedom. Freedom. Mm. Yeah. It's non-conforming to allow you to have that lifestyle and almost a case of bugger what anyone thinks. (laughs) You just go make yourself happy and do what you enjoy, I think. Yeah, and it was interesting, the um, inspiration, if you like, for, for Zoe to, to leave her teaching career. And, and there are other people in later episodes that we'll talk about who, you know, left what, again, like Sarah's story, on paper, what looks like a really secure, pretty well-paid career, but there's still something missing. And I think, you know, for some of us, we can kind of gloss over that, skate over that and think, well, that's just the way it is. This is life. This is how it is. This is what other people do. This is what millions of people do every day. But then something has triggered Sarah, triggered Zoe, triggered some of our other guests to think, you know what, this isn't enough for me. So I'm going to make a really big and bold decision. I'm going to leave the security of this job that I've known for X number of years, the financial security and job security. And I'm going to bloody try something different because life's too short at the end of the day. So yeah, for Zoe's story, really fascinating. So not not just about that big, bold decision, but also about, you know, well, what's life like? You know, downsizing from a a, a proper house, you know, um, that they'd lived in for so many years to then suddenly being on a, a canal boat and squeezing everything in and dealing with um, living on it through the winter months, etc. So, I, you know, we're still yet to meet Zoe, aren't we, in person? Yeah, our plan is um, probably September before it gets too cold, is to try and get along and join her for a cup of tea and get her to meet Ollie and take Dizzy along for a nice walk along the towpath. Yeah, that would be amazing. So we've actually had the opportunity this week to um, go across to meet Daniela, who is one of the owners of the huge and amazing Truck Surf Hotel. So, yeah, we've popped along. Um, She was really, really busy. So we had a guided tour of the most fantastic accommodation. Um, yeah, it's absolutely nailed it on <laughs> the design, on how everything kind of pops out of the side and out of the roof. And yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. So really, really well done, Daniela. And it's a fantastic business model. Yeah, so this was episode six and... Um this was starting straying into the territory of talking to people that we hadn't met or we or our paths had crossed but only via social media. So Zoe had kind of come across on episode five through the adventure community and some of the things that, that she'd done, um, some of the long walks, etc. that be that she'd been on. Whereas Daniela was someone who we'd come across the Truck Surf Hotel on social media and we decided to reach out and ask if she fancied being on the podcast. And obviously she said, yeah, that would be really cool. So we set up this call and little did we know that a few months later we'd be in Portugal ourselves and get the opportunity to go and meet with her and 
like Amy said, get a guided tour of the, the actual Truck Surf Hotel. We'll talk, just talk briefly about two people or, you know, a couple and a lady with who are living in vans. Um, so we interviewed Natalie and Amanda in Australia, who were full-time van lifers, and also Siobhan Daniels, who has retired from a career in the BBC and is currently um, travelling the UK in her motorhome. And, you know, I think we could interview probably a bazillion people living in vans, couldn't we? I think that's kind of the community that we've kind of linked with as well. I think obviously having the camper van, living in a static caravan ourselves, I think then we've kind of almost migrated towards those people because they're kind of on the similar pathway to where we're going sorry if you can hear ollie he's really enjoying his milk <laughs> yeah so you know slightly different stories obviously natalie and amanda their perspective was living as a couple um in a converted bus in australia really interesting to get their their take on what they were doing and um, how to start a relationship oh yeah that was pretty much the way they started yeah being with each other but also they spoke about um, life on the road, earning money on the road, being, you know, selling digital products while they're away. And I think it was it was Amanda who was doing the digital nomad stuff and Natalie, I think, was selling some artwork, if mm-hmm. I remember rightly. And then on the flip side, um, Siobhan, who was really passionate about challenging ageism and ageist stereotypes, um, you know, recently retired, had about 18 months in a camper van as well during lockdown, and she was so passionate, wasn't she? I think she is now living her best life. She's taking the opportunities that come her way and just grabbing them and running with them. And again, good on you, lady. Yeah, and sharing a lot on social media, on Twitter and on Instagram. Really interesting woman to follow and, you know, really active on social media, sharing lots of different stories about who she's meeting. Um you know, and they just keep coming, don't they? These fantastic women. So episode nine, again, you know, came across this post on Instagram from a lady called Louise, who was living in the Yukon wilderness, no less. This was a fascinating episode, wasn't it? It's like Bear grills, but not Bear <laughs> grills. Yeah, she was an absolute... I can't even think of the words to describe how... It was just enthralling listening to it, and you didn't know what was going to come next. It was kind of one of those um, interviews where you could just sit on the edge of your seat. I think we could have talked to her for days. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, she is living the wildlife. Oh, 100%. Again, a really interesting Instagram feed to follow because she literally shares the reality. It's not all glossed up and marvellous. It's literally, you know, the nuts and bolts of wilderness living um, with her husband Neil out there in the Yukon. And like Amy said, um, you know, I think I think we talked and it went over an hour and I was thinking, oh my goodness, this is like really, really long. I'm going to have to stop talking soon, but I didn't want to because I just wanted to talk and talk to find out more about her story but yeah Louise was an was an actress and her husband Neil was working um I think in telecommunications or for Sky or something like that and they had some ups and downs about trying to get out there and then not getting out there and was Neil gonna want to move out there Louise wanted to move out there and in the end <laughs> the way she put it to Neil was something like don't be an effing moron <laughs> And that was it. It was like, okay, I won't be an effing moron. We're going to move to the Yukon wilderness. And yeah, that, I think um, 
for me that's one of the standout episodes in terms of bloody hell if you're going to live life differently then you can't get much different than that can you she is just living on the edge you know, on the edge of civilization yep um yeah she is just in the best way possible she is the crazy lady you know she is just out there doing her thing and nothing is not her job yep. anything that needs to be done yeah you know, they do between them you know, or she just cracks on and gets it done yeah and that's the way that you know, i'd like us to be when we get the opportunity to try and do as much as we can for ourselves Mm-hmm. And just yeah, go at it. Can only learn by losing. Yeah. So we've got Louise in the log cabin. We've got Sharon, Natalie, and Amanda in a van. We've got Zoe in a canal boat. We've got Sarah living with parents. We've got Helen living off of a bike. Ellie moving to a different country every ten years. And then we speak with Kelly Hayes Rate, another fascinating lady. Episode ten, originally from the USA and describes herself as sleeping around, <laughs> which I love, um, international pet sitter and house sitter, doing it full time, obviously a little bit weird and different given the pandemic. Um, but Kelly, you know, had a bit of an epiphany again, left uh, left um, career in politics, uh, or, or she said she got her ass whipped, didn't she, running yeah. for public office? And then after that, she'd done a lot of travelling anyway, but after that experience, it was a bit of an epiphany in terms of, right, I need to do something different with my life. Started pet sitting and just hasn't stopped. It's been about 14 or 15 years, hasn't it? I think she's just made a life for herself, caring and loving other people's animals that just need that little bit of care when their parents are away. <laughs> yeah. Like we've talked about it a lot with, with our dog, you know, and our dog has diabetes, needs injections twice a day. She wants to play constantly, so we have to stop her from playing because her diabetes started to play up. But she sounds like someone that could just come along and sort out our issues of just saying, right, can you look after Diz for us? Mm-hmm, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. treat her as your own. Yeah, and I know she'd love her and care for her, and she'd probably end up sleeping on the bed with her. <laughs> yeah, she is just she's a very kind-hearted lady that you know, seems to enjoy being part of everyone else's lives as well just that kind of absorbing into i think she almost finds the pets as her own yeah really really cares for them yeah so you're right i think you know we have scratched our heads a bit haven't we about well we want to go here we want to go there but what are we going to do about dizzy you know it's really tough it's it's been great to be able to bring her with us on this trip but it's not without its complexities you know she has any uh insulin injection twice a day she's really limited now to how far she can walk and we've got to be careful with her in the heat her lifestyle has changed so so much um in the past 18 months so yeah you know she's she is someone that we might be able to rely on in the future as a pet sitter so i've only just thought of that now she can come and live in our caravan exactly there you go um again talking about people that have left careers um we come on to episode 11 with linda wilmot um and she is now an independent hostel owner. What a crazy thing to do. Can you imagine going out there and going, right, I'm going to go and buy a youth hostel? <laughs> you know, what I, I, fair play to you, lady. I think it's an incredible thing. But where do you get the idea, let's buy a youth hostel? Well, a hotel, a bed and breakfast? Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, they're passionate walkers, aren't yeah. they? Her and her husband and... Um, she spoke about being inspired when she had the opportunity to leave her career in the civil service, 
went off and did some voluntary work at Stirling Youth Hostel in Scotland and then a seed was sown then definitely. And I think when we speak to all these women uh, and, you know, thinking about our own lives as well, it is about those seeds, isn't it? The little seed is sown somewhere, somehow, and then before you know it, you're off doing something crazy. Um, or maybe you think about it for a few years and do nothing about it, but the seed is still there in the back of your mind. And and with Linda, again, another inspirational journey, a lady that's left a, a stable and well-paid career in, in the civil service to do something completely different with her husband and sister at the time, and who are now working crazy hours for, for probably not very much income, but having the time of their lives. They're again living their best lives, aren't they? Yeah. I'm massively for that money doesn't make you happy. It's those adventures, those insignificant moments at the time that you look back on and you think, God, do you remember that? How amazing that was. You can't, at the end of the days, when you're lying there going, okay, you're not going to say, oh, I've got a million pound in the bank. <laughs> you know, let's try and remember all the good things that we've done and just kind of be really, really joyful. Have you got a million squirreled away somewhere? Well, <laughs> if I have, I'm not sharing it with you. <laughs> Can we have a new camper van? <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant to hear uh, Linda and, you know, the path that she took and how happy she is now, even though they're working so, so hard during, you know, hostel opening times. But it was also good to hear that they're still able to get some downtime and enjoy the, um, oh, excuse you, enjoy the, Cumbrian um, walks and mountain air when they get downtime as well. We're just going to swap Ollie over a bit. <laughs> Come here. Bear with us. He's finished drinking his milk. So he's going to join us for the last bit now as we talk about the, the latest episode, episode 12, which is a really good combination of um, van life and moving to another country, moving to Portugal. Um, and this is where we spoke with Philippa. <laughs> so I'm sat here now with Ollie chirping and smiling away in my face. Is that what you think? Did you enjoy Philippa's? You did? Ah. So Philippa's story again was really fascinating because she set out on van life with her husband Callum. I know, but also with their cat Theodore. So they went on a van life trip across Europe with a cat in their van. Um, but she bought a van that she didn't think she was going to buy, or didn't they? Yeah, um, it's one of those where you make a mistake, but you make the best of it. <laughs> Yeah, so they weren't looking for a six-birth motorhome, but they ended up with one. And that theme kind of followed them in terms of how they ended up living in Portugal. Um, so they were living on the island of Jersey, went off on the European adventure, met lots of great people through the van life community. <laughs> and then by various twists of fate with the pandemic and lockdowns, etc., um, they went down to visit a couple that they'd met previously um, on the board in Portugal, on the border with Spain, and ended up buying a static caravan. As you do. As you do. Uh, Is that what's going to happen to us when we pop down there? I, I don't know. So they went back to Jersey, sold their van, and yeah, are now living in a static caravan, which they didn't think they would ever do. But again, you know, Philippa was really happy with the decision that they've made 
and that's where they are. So <laughs> that is somebody that we might get to go and visit on our next leg of our journey. I think it, we have an opportunity to to call in, have a cup of tea, and yeah, and see how they're doing, living their best lives. I'm just going to take the keys out of Ali's <laughs> You're being a monkey. Podcast logistic issues part one. So anyway, listen, this is just a really speedy roundup and reminisce about the fantastic women that we've met already on this podcast. We have got a few more guests, well, a lot more guests um, in our minds that we'd really love to interview uh, for your listening. We're probably going to take a short break whilst we're traveling just because of the logistics of juggling traveling baby dog podcast um so we hope to be able to record a couple of episodes while we're away um like i said with people that we we've kind of got lined up already but oh you don't want us to stop recording okay um you know so we are going to just pause here <laughs> think of this as a, a little pause at the end of season one and we're going to come back to you with some more great stories for season two and <laughs> you just belched on the podcast oh my god um, we would love to know if you know people that are living life differently and would maybe like to be guests on this podcast so anyway we'll sign off for now with our usual goodbyes so I'm Amy goodbye <laughs> stay safe thanks for listening we really appreciate you downloading and listening to all our episodes um please keep sharing our podcast with people that you know people that you think will be inspired by these stories and we'll be back to you soon bye